0: Welcome to the Hollywood Pipeline Podcast. I am Dax Holt, joined by Mr. Adam Glenn, and I am so excited for today. So
1: excited. This is going to be – this is one we've been working on for a while because you know what's cool about this one, Dax? In some ways, I feel like we came up with this person, you know, <laughs> right? I agree. Like, I, feel like, I feel like this person, this guest today, like we're not part of their success, but we kind of – they rose and we were there the entire time.
0: I love it. I I I I knew them be- well. I I knew all the the sh- I mean, can we say it? Do you want to just say who's on the today?
1: Yeah, let's, uh, let's,
0: yeah. All let's right, so it. we got Mike the Situation from Jersey Shore on, but like you were saying, I I feel like I knew the Jersey Shore cast before they became like the household names. Like I was following them long before, and so this is pretty uh pretty fun. We- there's a few There's a few people like again,
1: I don't really, – listen, I'm not friends with the guy, but we kind of know each other if we see each other. Yeah. But with that said, there's a few celebrities that you feel like – at least I could say. I feel like I came up with. One of them is Kevin Hart because I remember going from Kevin Hart when no one would care about Kevin Hart. I mean nobody cared about Kevin Hart. I was the only one chasing him around trying to get talked to him, and he became a huge star. And this person. Mike, the situation, you know, the whole Jersey Shore cast, you know, when they first started, people were like, what is this? And I was chasing them around. And then they
0: became huge, 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 huge stars, monstrous stars.
1: And he uh, just had such an interesting kind of career. Uh, he's gone through huge successes. He's gone through some big downfalls. You know, yeah. he, you know, he's pretty open about his, his problems with drugs and alcohol. And he's doing a lot of good things about
0: it. Uh, he's, talking he's really about... giving he's giving back is what he's doing he's
1: giving back man so, and, and he's putting on you gotta like you, you gotta appreciate the guy
0: should we see if he actually answers our call then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's do it <laughs> let's try calling him hold on
2: what's yeah. up guys how are you i'm,
1: I'm good, good, buddy. good to see you man you guys honestly how great is it where you guys are at in jersey it's the best area
2: oh uh, we love jersey
1: i hear you Let's jump into. It. We already did an
0: intro. So, Dax, you want to start it out? All right, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We got the situation. We got his wife, Lauren here. I'm very excited to be talking to you guys today because, personally, major Jersey Shore fan. So, I have watched all the seasons. I've seen your your life, and I'm just so happy where you're at. You seem you seem happy. You seem healthy, happy, and I love it. Yes, definitely. Thank
2: you for having Thank us. You. Yeah. Yes. I feel that uh, right now, uh, specifically for myself, I feel like I'm the best version of myself. Um, and uh, thanks to my beautiful wife next to me, she uh, always makes me uh, strive to be better.
1: What, well, let me answer you this. You guys have gone through so much. What is the key to having a successful relationship? You guys seem happy together. You know, You guys – uh, are in the next phase of your relationship right now and the baby-making process, which is a fun process. But what, <laughs> what is the uh, – yeah, people love baby-making. Who doesn't? But what has been the strength for you guys? What keeps you guys such a solid core? Because you, you, you guys – it's been tough the past year due to the separation, but you guys have kind of stuck through it, uh, mentally stayed strong. What have you guys have done to, for each other, kind of being there for each other?
3: I think the main thing – the main foundation in any relationship is really communication. Mm-hmm and trust that you know you know your partners in the same team as you and mm-hmm. it's always you guys like against a problem or trying to figure it out together instead of being against each other mm-hmm. so i don't know we just have really great communication these days and and, and plus we we
2: have a lot of history together yeah so um, we feel like we are battle tested yeah <laughs> and uh, at the same time like she said communication is key also as a male i feel that um happy wife is a happy life so if any time an argument or a disagreement comes up i immediately know to just back the f up you know so <laughs> I'm not going to win this argument and um so i'm gonna let my wife win
0: that, that's the key that's what i say too i'm like you're always right. I'm yes. always wrong, but just go with it. I was going to say, did you do you guys feel like the separation over the last little bit, that made you guys grow stronger? Because sometimes separation can be tough. Sometimes it really brings people together even more, though.
3: No, it definitely made us stronger. And I really think any hardship in your life that you go through Mm -hmm. as a couple, if you're Mm -hmm. able to like weather the storm and get through it, it's always going to strengthen your relationship to that next level that like you didn't even know was possible.
2: Yeah. We feel uh, right now that we have really stood some, some very big tests in life and, um, you know, we talk to uh, people all the time and they you know they're sometimes they're facing a lot of obstacles and challenges and depression and anxiety, maybe it's substance abuse, maybe it's divorce. You have a choice at the end of the day to, to rise above and become better or become bitter. So we choose positivity as a family and it's almost like a weapon at this particular point. And we feel like we are really being our best self and we're so excited for our potential and, and for what's coming in twenty twenty.
1: That's amazing. And Mike, me and Dax were just saying it's really exciting to have you on the podcast. We've had some pretty cool people, but you were especially one of them because you're someone that, you know, we felt like we were there from the start. You You know, Dax and I's relationship from TMZ covering you and kind of working with you guys. I mean, you guys are still doing well, but it was like we were there from right from the beginning and then covering it just for the. And it's so cool to kind of see that transition of how big it became and been there for some of the the crazy parts of your long career because it's not you've been around for a long time now this is not this is not like a two-year three-year span and we feel like we were like not part of the success but we were along for the ride of this whole journey of this career you've gotten so it's really cool to see the transition of Mike not even the situation but as Mike Sorrentino especially the relationship you are now with your wife it's just it's cool
2: yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that because in reality TV, it is not easy to succeed and have longevity. There are very few in this particular sector that have stood the test of time. I mean, let's just be honest. The only people that I can think of are the Kardashians. I, I really can't think of too many other people that have been around for 10 years or 10 plus years that are that are at the top of their game and still, you know, excited to see what they're what, what's coming next. So Jersey Shore has been around for 10 years and has been in the top of the game, uh, the top of MTV. And now, um, you know, we have situations in our brand and what we're bringing forth. And we're very excited that, you um, you know, what to bring the viewers and fans and things like that and and what's
1: to come.
0: Do you feel like when you're a reality star, do you feel like you have that pressure of, shoot, if my show ends tomorrow, like what am I doing with my life? How am I gonna take this to the next stage or the next chapter and and, and continue that, that, I don't know, fame or success?
2: Yes, I mean, listen, there's always some pressure specifically in entertainment. Um, It is a very competitive business. And if you're not at the top of the game, a lot of the times you're not necessarily succeeding. Uh, but if you are, it, it's very rewarding because everyone usually dr- dreams when you're younger to uh, to be in entertainment, to be on the cover of magazines, to be on the TV. Um, and I feel you know we have done that for the past ten years. And at this particular point, when you do it for ten plus years or around ten years, um, you, you have longevity. You have a brand. Uh, you can reinvent yourself, you kind of know what you're doing, uh, you know what you did in the beginning of your career, and you know sort of how to change things going forward, but there's always a little bit of pressure there.
0: I was going to say, Lauren, what, what's it like been for, for you? You've seen, you've been there for this evolution of him becoming a superstar, how has it been like for you?
3: So, I've met Mike before all of, before the original Jersey Shore, so I always knew him from Mike Sargentino. You know who he was he was always who's my college boyfriend the guy that everyone sees today like the inspiration he's always had that part of him he just like you know concealed it and saved it for like certain people like special people in his life so now he's finally that guy all the time and sharing it with everyone which is amazing and i feel like that's my dream that he's finally being like his authentic self to everyone and just like shining and growing and it's really weird because when we got back together the original run of jersey shore was over mm-hmm. it had wrapped for like about a year so i came into the picture and we i never really thought jersey shore would get rebooted and then it did <laughs> and all of the craziness like kind of restarted mm-hmm. um but it was really amazing because we were able to like launch our brand together, mm-hmm. which we wouldn't have had the opportunity to do that if the reboot didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to establish a really amazing relationship with his castmates that are like family yep. to us. Mm-hmm. So it's really been like a blessing to
2: Yeah, us. it really
1: has been. That's really cool, Mike. You know, when you, you know, you say like you know Mike for a long time. Mike, when you started Jersey Shore, The the situation, the character, the situation, was that a thought out strategic plan before going on the show? Like if I'm going to go on the show, I want to have this strong character, you know, because again, it is reality TV. People want to know who you are. You got to stand down a little bit. Was was it really Mike or was it some character per se that you kind of thought about going into the show?
2: I, I like where your head's at. It's a very good question because nobody has re- ever really asked that. And it is true. Uh, when I did go on Jersey Shore, I wanted to bring something new. And I was a big fan of of like wrestling. And I was a big fan of The Rock at that particular time period. And a larger-than-life character. So I kind of used my own personality, but I kind of amped it up. And I I, I sort of made it a character. I made it third person. I gave it a nickname. Um, and, um, and I also had like, you know, different sayings and things like that, that I would say over and over that eventually, you know, GTL and things like that became trend. So I kind of modeled it from that, um, of, of an inspiration, which was the rock at that time period. Um, and it took off and I actually remember seeing the rock in the, uh, airport one time and he had came up to me and he's like, listen, man, America loves you. And no one has ever taught you what to do. Unbeknownst to himself, I, I sort of modeled my reality TV character <laughs> sort of to the, the, the Wrestling Federation. So it did start from that, and um, I kind of learned what works and what doesn't in reality TV.
1: That's interesting. Well, let me even take it back further. What was the audition process or the casting process when you got onto the show? What did Do you remember how that went down or yes. what kind of about? um
2: it started with um with vh1 they had the uh the concept first and uh, we had shot the tape in 2008 and i was just to be honest with you all show and no go i was a young kid and (laughs) i was shredded i had no idea what i was about to embark on and um you know i had a very flashy Uh, confident, cocky personality, which eventually worked for me, but eventually got me into some trouble because once the fame and money came, I didn't know how to handle that success and money so quickly to manage it, which now in my 30s, uh, I'm I'm more mature to handle that type of stuff. So um, it did take a year for Jersey Shore to get approved, uh, and uh, Viacom gave it to MTV. Um, And we were, they just really documented us and um, we were very wild and crazy and careless and that was the show in in 2009 and 10. Eventually where it has projected or or, or trajectory turned into now, it's more of a mature show, similar to like a Friends type of show of how we all grown up. I love how it has turned into who's gotten married, who has kids and there's always still some craziness because of the personalities. Everyone has a very bold personality.
0: I, I, I mean you really said it, like the evolution of your castmates and all becoming Married and parents who do you think you are the most impressed with as a parent? I always think about that because you know watching the show at the beginning I'm like I can't picture a lot of these people being parents and now I'm going oh my god They're all great parents. So who yes. are you most impressed with?
2: Uh, between Snooki, Jenny and Diener they are like super moms. Okay, Snooki has three children uh, you know multiple businesses on the number one show on MTV Jay Wow the same she has two kids. She's also a super mom. I'm so proud of them anytime that I have any issues with like adulting <laughs> <I don't, laughs> You know, what I mean they've been doing it longer than me <laughs> um, But yeah, I'm so proud of them and you know Paulie and he's traveling the world He's a, a world famous superstar DJ and Vinny is a stripper and a <laughs> Times bestseller, <laughs> selling like uh, author. I mean, it's crazy. Like, where do you find the time to write a book <laughs> and I don't know. It's very cool. Did
0: you go see a show yet?
2: I actually, Yay. yeah, we actually did go see his show. It's a lot for it was a lot for me to handle. Uh, yeah. But like I said, I went to go support uh, Vinny, and um, definitely, I'm I'm pretty much my. Castmate's biggest supporter. So, which Lauren, was, is
0: that is that awkward for you? You're sitting there and you're like, "Oh, it's Vinny up there naked."
3: Yeah, it was very weird. It was like watching your little brother strip, and it was very uncomfortable for all of us.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: but we were very supportive and happy that everyone is just so successful. Everyone is like super successful, and then when you combine everybody, and that's why the show has just really turned into something special. And everyone has their own brands and things on the side. So like I said, it's really something special after 10 years um, because everyone thinks they can do reality TV. They really do. They actually sometimes talk down about reality TV because it's not scripted. At the end of the day, um, if everyone could do reality TV, they would. But they don't because it's not easy. You know, you have to be able to say cool lines and cool things uh, like on the snap of a finger. And if you're not able to do that and have some charisma and have some character, it's a no go.
0: So, well, do
1: the producers like egg you guys on a little bit and say, hey, you know, why don't you go a little harder? How much do they have a say on that stuff? You know,
2: I, well, I think with, with Jersey Shore, they, they hand out Jersey Shore to other like rookie shows and they tell them this is how real reality TV is being made and to stu- study this.
0: Uh, uh, we. Adam and I have talked about how we're always impressed with the, the longevity of the Kardashians and how they have became, they became famous and they have stayed famous and how hard that is. Are you as a reality star also impressed with that?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a hater at all. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I said in the beginning of our interview, there is not many people that have been on the top of their game for so long. They they have, I don't know, definitely 10 plus years. I don't know if it's 12 or 13 or maybe even more. I think but, like
0: season 16 or something. Yeah,
2: exactly. So no, I know how hard it is to be in reality TV and to be good at it, to say cool lines that become trends. It's not easy. Um, And like I said, if it was easy, everyone would try to be a reality star, but they just can't.
1: I got such a stupid fan question for you. The food in the house, the groceries, how does that work? Do they just stock the fridge or whatever you guys need? Or how does that, you know, or do you guys have to go up the food? From
3: what I've experienced like on the reboot, they'll stock the fridge for them when they first move in, but then it's like, you gotta go and you gotta keep it up and get like new groceries, new drinks, all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Mike, you're doing a lot of stuff. You know, you're sober now, which is congratulations. I know that's hard, and I know your wife's been. You guys are doing amazing things for that. How has that been going on the show? You know? I mean, we've seen it. We saw you in Miami kind of dealing with it. But how's that process being being sober on the show? Well,
2: at first, I was a bit worried, because uh, when the reboot first happened, um, I was about two years sober. And I was worried. I'm like, you know what? I don't have my six-pack right now. I'm not in my best shape. Is America gonna love me again? You know, um, am I gonna be funny? Am I gonna be able to sort of fit in with uh, the rest of the group and they're all drinking and they're all partying? And I had to challenge myself. I had to challenge my recovery. I had to challenge my skill as a reality, as a reality TV um, pioneer. <laughs> yeah. Um, to to be able to go on a show, a partying show, and be sober. And and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not. Um, I'm not in my best shape right now. What can I do? And that's when I came up with, you know, Big Daddy Sitch. I came up with another nickname, uh, BDS, to sort of go with my persona at that particular time period. The designation, uh, driving, you know, my friends home, being there for my friends, and and it just really worked out perfect because that was just my life, and being authentic always worked for me. And so that's what I did, and it became sort of almost bigger than when I had a sick pack. People you know, sort of love to hate me back in the day. Now people just, you know, they love they love me because of my being authentic and genuine and, um, you know, just in a, in a different light. So I had to challenge myself. Now, going back into the fourth season of Jersey Shore Family Vacation, I have my six-pack back. Um, I was able to turn the chapter uh, behind me for, you know, prison. I was able to uh, sort of show my fans and the viewers that the comeback is always greater than the setback by example. I remain sober. Um, I'm now back with my beautiful wife, living my best life. So it's a really freaking cool story.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. We just recently had Brandon Novak on the the podcast. Brandon Novak, you know, he's been sober now for many years, and he was talking. We were talking about Bear Margera, and he said that Bear Margera hasn't reached his, his bottom yet. You know, like you know, as soon as he reaches his bottom, that he'll be able to hopefully switch and make that transition. And you obviously, you know how hard that is to kind of yes. reach that bottom. What was your bottom? What was your that you realized, man, I need to make a change?
2: Um. Well, I, I think in, in Italy, when I um, I was at odds with the rest of the castmates and I was having the worst season that I've ever had. Um, and I had slammed my head into a concrete wall, which was a horrible miscalculation. um, That kind of forced me to uh, face life and say, you know what, I think I might have a problem. And that was when I first started to, I went to my first rehab. I first tried to get it then. I didn't get it, you know what I mean? But I first said, you know what, I have a problem and I have to face it. So I went to rehab around that particular time period. I eventually went to two more rehabs, but I started on the road of saying, you know what, I need to fix this.
0: Did you end up actually watching that season back, or you actually, at the
2: time period, I did not watch it back because I didn't like who I saw. I didn't like who I was, and I technically was a different person. I was filming a season of Jersey Shore uh, pretty much in the midst of uh, withdrawal, you know, because I, I, whatever I brought over to Italy, I had ran out, and, um, you know, it was just bad decision after bad decision, and it was literally documented on the number one show on MTV. I was hiding it. But eventually, years later, now being four years clean and sober, and in such an awesome situation, I can comment back on that and say, "Listen, like that was like my my, you know, my rock bottom right there. You know, you're just like, how did I get here? Um, and you know, and it's also a good story for people to see. It, that's actually my 10-year decade ch- challenge that I did from Italy to to now." Um, your current situation is not your final destination. Like you saw situation in Italy, like now look at situation now in 2020. Like I'm living my best life.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really interesting. And you know, again, I'm just trying to educate myself and learn about the process of addiction. Um, you know, I, I've I've met a lot of people. Is there was it become was there something that you were trying to mask? Like is you know, and tell me when you go through rehab and you start to re- you start to recover. Is it were you trying to mask an issue, or how did the problem start to? How did the problem start to escalate? Like how did it even come into your life? You know, it, it, it's a it's like a,
2: a combination of things. At first, it starts out of just experimenting, having fun. You know what I mean, partying. You know, you're at the top of your game in entertainment, and you're celebrating. You know, and um, next thing you know, it it becomes a habit. And next thing you know, you become dependent. A year or two later, now it's a priority on your list, which is not a good situation at all. Because once drugs and alcohol become a priority, um, your life becomes unmanageable. Um, and then at that particular point, you know, you are in the midst of, of addiction and you're pretty much, you're not making good decisions. It's affecting every aspect of your life. It's affecting your sex life. It's affecting, um, you know, your diet and nutrition and exercise. You're not looking your best. I mean, on and on, it's a domino effect all from, you know, when you started experimenting in your twenties, you know, now, you know, fast forward three to five years later, you still have this dependency uh, and now you don't know how to fix it. And everyone, they just don't have the education. They don't realize like what's gonna happen. And, you know, eventually I've learned that I have an addictive personality and that's never gonna change. Now, the only thing I can change about that addictive personality is I have to change those negative behaviors to positive ones, slowly, one day at a time. And I can do that mentally physically, spiritually, personally, and professionally. I just named to you a whole bunch of categories that can take a whole lifetime to, to sort of fix, but one day at a time, you can start to work on your diet. One day at a time, you can start to exercise more. One day at a time, you can stop lying Cheating, stealing, drinking, drug, smoking, speeding—there's just so many negative things that people do on a on a daily basis that they don't even know. And once you start to address that stuff and be self-aware, you become your best self, and you start to live your best life. And everyone's like, "Holy shit! How did you do that?" And you know, it's all just from one day at a time and moving forward. And and that's what I, that's what I did.
1: It's interesting, Lauren. You know, you're around Mike now. You know, he's sober. Not, I don't know what your background is as far as you know. You maybe just enjoying yourself. You know, you're a young girl having a glass of wine. But being around someone who's sober, how has it affected your life? Have you become more disciplined on making just better decisions, just for your your mental health or your physical health? I mean, how is it affecting your life?
3: Yeah, um, so I'm personally not sober. I have the completely opposite personality of him. He's a Cancer and I'm a Capricorn, so we're like very different. But it works for us. But, um,. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really like drinking. I never really did. So it works. That part's easy for me because my one glass of wine once in a blue is like every three months, if that. But the amazing thing that his recovery has brought to my life is like all of these just positive behaviors and just making yourself better and improving upon yourself each day at a time and living like one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Like we've been doing a lot of press and Someone asked us, you know, like what? Where do you like? What's your goal in five years, or where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, honestly, I don't look to like next week. Every day in our life is really just one day at a time, and that's how we've been able to get through really hard things and grow stronger. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, that's really thanks to his recovery that I have that foundation Those in my life. Yeah. yeah. How are Lord, you so
1: what, dealing with what I'm sorry uh, how are you dealing with the fame? You know, your life has changed because now you have cameras on you. I remember seeing a video that, you know, Mike right before you got out of prison that there's a paparazzi chasing after you around town. You know, how are you dealing with the fame aspect that kind of goes along with being in a kind of a high profile relationship?
3: In the beginning it was really challenging um she i wasn't is. used to she it at all. she
2: doesn't like it <laughs> well in the
3: beginning i really i mean it's a weird thing to get used to um so i was really go- i'm a guarded person i'm a private person so that was challenging but once i once the reboot happened and i started opening myself up to the camera and just being authentically myself good or bad and just living you know living well in the sense where like i'm an honest person mm-hmm. so whatever i'm saying Is I'm going to stand by that, you know, next week or next year. I'm not saying, you know, I I think before I speak. And um, now I'm happy to share myself with Mm -hmm. the cameras and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of showed me the way to do that comfortably.
0: Yeah. So speaking of fame, you know, obviously you've been famous for a decade. Who's the most famous person that's come up to you and said, I'm a fan?
2: Um, I'd have to say uh Leo, uh Robert Downey Jr. and yeah, the rock. Those three uh oh, I, I those three. Leonardo DiCaprio
0: gave up to you? We were at
2: a club partying and he and he was you know, this right uh when the top of the wave of the first uh show and he was like GGL all day and he was, <laughs> he was like he was like partying like a with a whole bunch of supermodels with his cap on and stuff and he was really cool and um and we, I think I saw Robert Downey Jr. at like a, one of those morning shows, and I saw The Rock at the airport, and they were all so cool and stuff like that. So I'll uh, always have that, and it's its just really cool that that the celebrities are really cool to you, you know?
1: What's the one point in your career that you're like, man, fuck, you could curse it. What's the one point in your career where you're like, man, I made it. I made it. This is it. I'm in the game. I'm the business. I made it. Like, especially you coming from a blue-collar background, working at a good gym, and now you're like. I'm financially comfortable. I made
3: it.
2: Um it happened so quickly. Um it, it happened so quickly, but it was just um I don't know, I just it, it was just like a, ro- a rocket ship when we first got, you know, the show first started. So it all happened so quickly. Um, I couldn't even go to the mall, you know, and, and go shopping for Mother's Day. Um, we were on the covers of all the magazines, and you know, it was the number one show, and number one rated show in, in the country for, for many years, and, and even now with the reboot, everyone loves it. it and uh, so it just, it's really has been a blessing for us and our family, so.
0: Can you guys tell and me a little was, bit of, yeah. about the project that you're working on? I know that you're giving away like a 30-day a rehab to someone special. And I, I, I want I want to make sure that we get this in here because that's, this is a really that's, big deal. That's so
2: cool. Um, we are celebrating the holidays, and we are also celebrating my sober birthday, which is on Christmas Eve. I'm exactly right. four years clean and sober on Christmas Eve, and on Christmas Eve, we partnered with Banyan treatment centers to give away the gift of recovery, which is a scholarship to rehab so someone also can be their best self and start to live their best life. So I'm just so excited to be really be a force out there for good. Because I used to be like the the villain of reality TV. And now I sort of changed up my 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 whole um you know life and I'm 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 doing a being a force for good now.
3: Mike, uh,
1: I think that's an amazing thing, and I appreciate your story because it's educational for me. Just to hear, you're humanizing addiction, and you're doing such a good thing for so many more people. Where, you know, people don't have people don't necessarily have uh, a person they could talk to to know the full front of what addiction is, or when they have an issue. And you're humanizing the experience where it's something that you shouldn't be ashamed of, and I think it's really cool to see you rise from it. You know, and people. You know, and you're making it more um, polarized. You're putting attention on it.
2: I'm trying to let people out there know, the viewers, anyone watching, that the comeback is greater than the setback. I may have beat the odds, but I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope in the blueprint of how I recover. And because most people, they really don't – there isn't a stigma really when it comes to to, to me – so I'm trying to change sort of things and let people know that, listen, I still have an addictive personality right now. I do. I always have that addictive personality, but right now I'm addicted to being my best self. I'm addicted to living my best life. I'm addicted to my beautiful wife and balance and fitness and my work. And um, I've changed sort of my, um, my addictive personality to be my superpower.
1: Amazing. When you were when you were in prison, did they have a program in prison to help people with their addictions? Or did you have a community around you that you guys were able to talk and have these open conversations? Or what were you doing to kind of help you mentally during the process? Because you came out so strong, you know, did they did they have that kind of thing?
2: Not really, <laughs> it's sort of like do it yourself in prison, <laughs> DIY. <laughs> um, but they, they, they did have um, maybe like a meeting or an AA meeting in prison but it was really just, you know, sort of survival of the fittest in prison. You know, you either wanted it or you didn't. You either stayed busy mentally and physically or you were, you know, getting swallowed up by circumstances. You saw that, you saw the guys that were staying busy, going to the gym, reading, um, trying to better themselves in any way, shape that they could. And then there were the other guys that weren't, that were staring at the wall and, in And not exercising and not reading and feeling sorry for themselves, at the end of the day, the only person that's gonna save you is you. So it's time to man up and rise up.
0: Yeah, no. how, how, how did the other guys treat you in there? was everyone was everyone cool?
2: No, i I, got, I guess I got lucky. Um I guess they maybe you, you know there was a chance that they didn't like me or they didn't like Jersey Shore or they didn't like the situation. But when I got in there, everyone wanted to be my friend. Everyone wanted to sort of, um, you know, make me feel comfortable. Um, you know, I was able to sort of get um, healthy foods for me to diet. I was able to go to the gym when I wanted to go to the gym. I was able to watch TV or watch Jersey Shore on Thursday nights. Um, I got lucky. A lot of the guys or the uh, old timers that were in there, they liked me. They liked my personality. Um, but then again, I'm super positive. You know, I'm very humble and down to earth and and I think that worked to my advantage.
0: Did you did sorry, let me just ask. You did you make any friendships that are actually like lasted beyond you leaving there?
2: I mean, technically, I, I did make friendships in there. There was a lot of guys that looked out for me, but being on probation, you're you're not <laughs> you're not allowed to sort of talk to anyone else that is on probation. So I mean, technically, like I said, when you're in there, it's survival, you know. and and technically, when you get out in the real world, it's also survival out here, too. You know I me. Mean? We gotta pay our bills, be our best self, and stay out of trouble. So it's the same out here.
1: Did you? Uh, there was that stories when you were there. Did you become friends with a guy from the fire festival? What was the story? Uh, to do with that?
2: Nah, nah, he just happened to be in there and, and, and with me, you know. And and I would see him in passing, and uh, he was actually pretty reserved and quiet. And you know, there might have the only time that I may have seen him other than in passing. I may have played against him in a softball game or a basketball game, but as per se, as in talking to each other, there wasn't really much um, you know communication there.
1: How is the relationship with your family now, your brothers, everything? You know, have they been a support system? Are you guys back to where it was, or how how is that?
2: Well, my family is super proud of how I handle diversity. I mean, you know, it can it could have went either two ways. when you face, you know prison or you face addiction. Um, and I had faced both of them in a, in a fairly close period of time. Uh, my parent and family just super proud of me. They're just like you, you handled such a tough situation or situations with just grace and class that everyone's just so
1: proud. Dude, so, I mean, listen, it's so cool, man. Again, we've been with you for – we've been following you for so long. We've been there. We've been a small part of the journey. And uh, But what's next for you? You know, you guys are doing some stuff obviously with the clinic. You guys are raising awareness, uh, not just for – addiction but also for people that go through miscarriages you know I know you guys just had one recently and again you're humanizing the experience and you are not alone you're not the first person you're both you guys are not the first people to go through this you're not gonna be the last ones to go through this and i appreciate how open you guys have been about it because it's it's educational and it's just kind of comforting to know that the the things that go through your head it's again that you're not alone it's not this is uh there's a lot of people with you but so what's next for both you guys
2: uh, we're working on a, a ton of things. The situations uh, are very grateful. We've seen that 2020 is going to be an awesome year. Obviously, we're working on, you know, Jersey Shore and also a spinoff with the situations uh, maybe in the works with uh, MTV. So look out for that. And also, we just launched our YouTube channel, which has been fire. We just hit our first 100K subscribers. We're so excited about that with our new cheat day, uh, eating our best life uh, segments. So there's a lot of cool things, as well as partnerships with Banyan Treatment Centers. And uh, my clothing shop is doing awesome. So it's just positive vibes only, and we want to share that with everyone.
1: What about a book? I feel like you got such a book in you, man. Now, I mean, t- you know, what, You know, my
2: publicist is behind the camera right now. and. We are working on a book yeah. and a podcast. I just, yeah. you know, we're just uh, pretty much being our best self and killing the game right now. So yeah. very, there's a lot happening, a lot happening <laughs> right now with the situations and we can't wait to uh, show you guys.
0: I feel, I feel like speaking to her. I feel like you a motivational speaker speaker at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. For sure. Yeah,
2: for sure. I, I, I want to be like the face of, you know, the, the comeback. I want to let everyone know that, you know, tough times don't last. But tough people do.
1: love Dude, it. It's fucking great. And Snooki, she's doing well. I know she's on the news lately. That, you know, have you talked to her about her situation?
2: Everybody's good. I, I mean, like I said, I can't comment about that particular situation. But um, I know for the situations, there's a lot to come in 2020. Wow.
0: Thank you guys so much. Love Thank- it. So well, much, man. The positivity man. and just your your evolution. It's been awesome. So oh, keep oh, it up. For so, much. so much. Yeah,
3: thank you for having us. And
0: then where can people find out more information on uh, your rehab gifting?
2: Yes, um, they can go to uh, BanyanTreatmentCenters.com. Or if you or someone that you know is suffering from substance abuse or mental health issues, please call 1-888-270-5712.
0: Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank
2: you